0: everyone and welcome back to the racing mentor sponsorship podcast. I feel like we haven't uh spoken to you guys in a while. So let's start by talking to Toby about what <laughs> he's been up to because he's been pretty busy.
1: <laughs> yeah, just a tad. Um yeah, for those that haven't seen um we finally launched our uh, 2021 Railscape GT Academy car which is um <laughs> it's it's absolutely bonkers. So much planning, yes, yeah, so much planning. 12 months of absolute grit and determination to make this work during a pandemic and uh yeah we've we finally launched the car and I can't believe I'm sat on the podcast saying that Jess it's it's absolutely mad it's um it's a stunning sight if you haven't seen it go go check it out
0: yeah and I, I feel like I've been waiting for this moment for so long so I can't even begin to imagine how you're feeling right now
1: absolutely buzzing like it just it's, it's kind of like it's, it's just surreal because there's there's all that kind of planning phase it's that like, kind of right we've got the budget um, and then with with we've momentum kind of planning the, the look of the car, the livery, the suit, the helmet, get it, get all those things prepped and planned. And obviously that's all on paper and I've seen all that. But then when you actually see the car for the first time and you're in the gear and you're ready to go, it's just, it's just such a surreal feeling. It makes all of that hard work just really worthwhile. And yeah, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm smiling all the time anyway, but genuinely I've been a Cheshire cat ever since I've uh, <laughs> seen, the, seen the car and what a machine to drive. I mean, you know, I got strapped up in, a secret location for, uh, for a very important media campaign for my, um, my kind of raising awareness for, for male facility in the TV documentary. And it was the first time I got strapped in and uh, yeah, kind of forgot how quick the car is, kind of let it go off the pit limiter and it uh, <laughs> just spun the wheels up and disappeared into <laughs> into the into the track and just, yeah, just in bits kind of driving around thinking, wow, we've, we've made this work. And uh, yeah, it's, all, it's, it's thanks to EGES that's kind of taught me all of this and allowed that dream to, to come true, I guess.
0: it's so exciting and yeah the car looks incredible but can can you tell because I'm sure everyone is dying to know you know when you did like your first test and the filming and everything how did the car feel?
1: Ah the car feels incredible um I mean essentially the car's a a Ginetta super Cup car but with a little bit less power and put on road tyres um so it's just as leery as a super car because the road tyre kind of lets go earlier than slick but Honestly, i um, coming from the Geneta D40 in 2019, where I kind of learned my trade in, in car racing. Um, you know, I thought that was quick, but honestly, I've had to just completely reprogram my mind because this thing's just bonkers. Um, and when you're on the limit and you can enter, you know, the corners at a much, much higher speed. You've got a little bit of downforce. Um, you know, your head's going, there's no way I can go quicker, but my coach is going, mate, you can go quicker, you can go quicker. And of course, squeezing up to that limit and getting quicker each time, the car just transforms and it's it's just on rails it's such a such a beast to drive and uh yeah it's um it's also nice to know that I've got the ability to drive it well because <laughs> that was always a that was always an apprehension I had to kind of um you know and I know listeners into this podcast have, have mentioned to me before you know about you know I've never driven a race car before can I get sponsorship because I don't even know if I can race a car Um, I pretty much did that in 2019 I kind of um, gained all the sponsorship before I actually even got my race license that was always a (laughs) a kind of worry actually oh god can I actually race Um, Mm. and (laughs) trust me you put everything in to make sure that can happen but yeah jumping into this car I still had that same feeling of you know have I met my match now have I still got the minerals to make this work and um yeah thankfully we have so um hopefully some more some more podiums this year
0: exciting stuff and your first race is in a couple of weeks 22nd 23rd of may yeah how are you feeling ahead of that
1: i'm really excited now so i had my first test um at brand gp which is where we're racing on the 22nd of may and it was my first you know obviously i have said i shook the car down really for this movie campaign but my first kind of driving anger was it was at Brandtatch GP and I know a lot of the field have been testing a hell of a lot they've spent a huge amount of budget already on on pre-season testing and this was my first day really I guess to to sort of get a feel of the car and see where I'm at and um yeah I'm feeling uh quietly comfortable and confident that um that we'll be able to chuck it up the front and and contend for yeah hopefully a race win so um I'm looking forward to it just got to stay out of trouble it's a long season and uh yeah let's see let's see what happens I'm uh yeah, hopefully we can bring some some trophies back for our rim.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and <laughs> I'll be obviously there cheering you on, whether or not I can get in the paddock or whether I'm just there on the sidelines. But really looking forward to to that race. I think yeah. that'll probably be the first race I've been to in like eighteen months.
1: Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Because the you know the last yeah the last year has been a complete write off from for fans yeah. and certainly us being there, isn't it? You know we had so many plans for twenty twenty and. Uh, yeah, we can finally make it work, Jess. And I'm so so proud to have racing mentor on the back of the car. And for for the drivers that will be following me, they'll be seeing that um that I, I get paid to race, which uh, which is obviously the tagline that we're that we're running with. And yeah, genuinely, that's 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 the deal, right? We've um we've mm-hmm. made it work, and um we've got paid to race. It's um <laughs> it's pretty, pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: So it, you know, to anyone who's listening, if you want to kind of recreate this uh, same success that Toby is having. Actually, today's episode is going to be super helpful to you because I think one of the things that a lot of people miss is when they're researching businesses, they're still like, oh, I don't know what to offer. So, we're going to talk about how you can find sponsors' goals, p- potential sponsors' goals um, by stalking them online. Uh, and how you can then use that to inform what you offer them but also how you present that to them to offer you know wow factor as well as a ton of value so um toby obviously you you even since six weeks success you were really good at this and we did a lot of kind of internet sleuthing and and everything to kind of determine different businesses goals Mm -hmm. but can you kind of explain like why this has been important for you know the way that you've worked with businesses
1: yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, I guess I've kind of been that kind of live scenario now where I've, where I've kind of researched companies found out the goals and, and then made them work. And um, it, it is really important because, it, you know, your sponsor that, that you your, your approach needs to see that they're going to get return. Right. That's that's really the biggest thing that they've got some form of return um, and understanding what's important to them, what gets them ticking, what kind of what kind of, you know, they're going to gain from it um really is the starting point of the conversation really because you said many times before jess you know drivers don't talk about yourself and what you win and how you race talk about your sponsors um so if you understand your sponsors you can talk about them and what they're going to get from what you can offer them um and you can save all the stuff about how successful you are as a driver later on which is another fun conversation um but initially you need to get them engaged of what you can do um because that's how you ultimately land deals and and have an awesome time together so hugely important um i hope that answers your question yes but yeah it's hugely important to to talk about that as a primary thing
0: yeah totally and i think you know a lot of drivers go in going right i can offer hospitality maybe a track day sticker on a car some tickets etc but do you know that actually any business wants those things yeah because if a business is only going to want the track day you don't even need to mention the other stuff. No. So it's, I think this is why it's important to determine what they're trying to do. Yeah. And there are a number of ways that you can do this. But if you know that, you know, their goal is to better engage their employees or their goal is to sell a new product that they've just launched or they want to move into a, a new territory. So maybe a U.S. company that wants to, you know, sell in in Europe or, you know, maybe it's literally just they want to increase revenue or average customer value there are so many different goals that businesses have that's more than just we want to make money it's Mm -hmm. actually you know more kind of specific than that And i think doing the right kind of research to work out what the goals are for like each individual business that you want to speak to not only makes your job easier in terms of writing your pitch but it also means you're more likely to land a meeting from it as well
1: yeah because you're making it relevant aren't you you make it absolutely relevant i mean i kind of start with a, a, quite a broad idea is that is this business a business to customer type of company or is it a business to business and that kind of helps me formulate kind of what direction i go um because as a racing driver you can offer very very different things both in the business to customer side and where you can go with the kind of hospitality end of the business to business isn't it yeah. um and i think that's a really nice way to kind of open up that broad sort of aspect of what a sponsor wants
0: yeah. And that's actually a great example that we can maybe dive a bit deeper into. So if you go to a business's website, it'll probably be pretty clear whether they're business to customer or business to business. But you can find out what they want to do with with their individual you know, customer base. So I always like to go to a business's website, have a general look around to kind of get a sense of what they do, how they do it, the look and feel of everything to see if there's like a general fit but then I like scrolling down to the bottom to the footer to get you know a broader overview of like the things that matter to them so some businesses might have a page that talks about community some businesses might have a page that talks about networking or partners if you look through these things so for example a, a business that has like some kind of page or section that talks about community you know that they want to engage their customers in a way where all of those customers can interact that they're building this kind of um group of people around their brand who become brand ambassadors for a start so that's great for the business but they also feel kind of welcomed which adds loyalty Mm. so you as a racing driver could look at that and be like huh how about you know a community you know kart racing event or um a community sim challenge something like that Uh, or even you know going as far as a track day depending on the business so just from knowing that they're trying to engage their customers as a community you've suddenly got all of these ideas and you can specifically then go to that business saying i love how you engage you know your community of customers and you've built this you know this loyalty around your brand how would they feel about you know coming and doing a track day or a karting challenge or whatever it might be that you can offer and you've yeah. suddenly got something that makes them go. Actually, the community would love that. Let's talk to this person.
1: Yeah, and they're the, they're the sort of sponsors that I really like working with because mm. I I really like you know I kind of always go back to my brand, my ethos, and what I believe in. And um, and money for me is always the the last thing that I think of. Um, mm. it's always about the kind of the, the the sponsors' needs and the customers' needs, etc. And I love I love sponsors that put their customers first, that actually just want to create that space for their customers or clients to to enjoy. Um, ultimately the money will come later on if they build that right. But yeah, I really love it when companies do that and and, and when you find sponsors um that, that have that ethos that they really want to engage with with that kind of community feel, um y- there's so much you can do. So much you can do for that sponsor, isn't there, Jesse? I mean it's mm. it's almost endless what you can do as a racing driver for that company.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I would always start when you're thinking about right, I need to find some sponsor goals, start with the the sponsor's website look at what pages they have you might be able to see what their values are who works for them the kind of people um gives you a really good sense of the business and if you want kind of more information on on research there is a a previous episode where we talk about this um another good place to look for goals is on a company blog or newsletter or something like that because they'll talk about the things that they've done well or the things that they they want to, to shout about so it's probably quite easy to find a business who is like hey our employees had a great time at the box at football um cheering on our team or whatever it might be from that you can determine that there's a there's a general interest in sport from you know people within the business but you can also see that their goal is to keep their employees engaged because engaged employees are loyal ones and it costs a lot less to keep an employee than to find a new one
1: yeah massive
0: so you could then go to that company and say, hey, you know, I see the, the stuff that you're doing with employee engagement. You know, you've got the, the, the box at you know, the local club. How about you come and do a track day with me as a more kind of interactive um, way of, of doing something, you know, sporty that uh, can, can engage those, those employees and give them a, a new and a special experience. And all you have to do is offer that little nugget of a track day. And they might go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. But when you then get them on the phone, you can talk about the broader, you know, sponsorship side of things that includes the track day, but is also everything else that you're able to offer that's valuable.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good point, actually, because you, you don't want to kind of like um, let box yourself into there's only one thing that they're going to benefit from. Um, mm-hmm. And that's certainly something I've learned as, as I've kind of spoke to sponsors is that there was. Um, a particular sponsor that's one of mine now which is which is great and i actually got their goals wrong completely wrong for my research i thought they would be wanting to look kind of business to business networking to gain more contracts um and far from it (laughs) they weren't interested in that at all they actually want to look at staff loyalty um because they Mm -hmm. understand the value of their staff um and of course the cost of replacing staff if they leave um but ultimately they want their staff to feel really really valued which which ultimately will get them more clients because the work they that they do for their clients will be, will be far better. Um, So it's actually quite hard to measure kind of the success of sponsorship with that. But we all know that if, if, you know, if you, you know, let's say for yourself, it's got a job and you're working for a company, if you feel valued, you're going to deliver more. And, and that's a really nice thing to know as a driver, because if you, if you're in that employment sort of status, um, which I am myself, um, and I feel very valued with my employer, which is, which is great. I deliver as much as I can for them you know that if you can help your sponsor allow their, their staff to feel more value it's it's only going to make their business better and track days are a wicked place to start for that um, yeah every track day i've done for my sponsors with their staff they've been blown away they're like what what a day and they're, they're texting each other all day at work and oh my god this is incredible perhaps the next day after is probably not so productive but certainly <laughs> certainly the longer term it has a it has a curing effect
0: yeah and you know a lot of people say to me oh but i can't offer a track day anyone can offer a track day you don't have to do it specifically with your race car Mm -hmm. you could literally just go and hire you know a track and a bunch of cars from a normal kind of you know track day supplier that does this kind of thing yeah and in terms of paying for it the sponsorship that you get will pay for it so you have to factor this in that you know a a real big all singing all dancing track day might cost ten thousand pounds so when you pitch it to a sponsor, you don't just ask for ten thousand pounds because that covers your racing. You ask for twenty. So you need to factor this in. So any anyone that's kind of saying, you know, I can't do that, I can't afford that, it, it's the sponsor's responsibility to kind of pay for it. But you just bundle it in as a sponsorship deal. They don't need to know how much it, it specifically costs to do that track day. Um, and obviously you know if you can't do an all singing or dancing track day you can maybe do some hot laps or you can do karting or sim racing it all kind of depends on the level of the sponsor and how much budget they might have for something like this
1: and yeah and some and Jess and some championships you know and there are drivers that, that listen to this podcast that are in championships where once the season starts you can't use that race car um, unless it's on an official test day or specifically for that championship um, but there's loads of things you can do you know you can go to like the, I think it's Bedford that you know you've got the kind of um, race experience days um, that you can do and you go along as, as a kind of benchmark to show how fast that car can go and I'm sure all your guests will want to try and beat you because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if they're competitive <laughs> in their industry um, let's say it's a kind of um, a recruitment company you know it's a very competitive kind of industry you could kind of edge that as like you know can you come and beat me sort of thing and then um, of course you've got to work hard to, <laughs> to make sure you're at the front and um, there could be a, a little goat in there that's probably probably quite quick but yeah there's lots of things you can do and there's lots of um it's, it's all about just engaging with your sponsors isn't it not necessarily use your race car it even just could be completely outside of motorsport that you could do as a vip guest as a racing driver for that sponsor um it could be a dinner a dinner um event um and hopefully they'll be coming up soon and now that kind of restrictions starting to ease but it could even be things like that Jess you know they're all things that I I think what I found what I found really fascinating in the last few months um as I've kind of prepared towards GT Academy um and I think this is this is something that's like an imposter thing um and Mm. I never thought it'd happen is that people people actually I'm not sure how I can really put it but like because I'm now being known as a racing driver Um, people want to ask questions like what's it like to drive a car how does it work you know is it scary how fast is it i'd love to experience it all those sort of questions that people get if you do some like even like a guest speaking event for um a staff a staff um dinner you know that that's you know some of these people hire big venues and you could do a bit of guest speaking that really can make a difference to employees because then they've they're like oh my god there's there's the racing driver there's the person that we really want to ask these questions to and it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a track day it can be something so simple as just A bit of your time to to spend with their guests you know at at an event like that um
0: that's actually such a good point because i i reckon that most drivers wouldn't think to offer something like that because they're thinking well why would someone want to hear from me and actually people would be so excited to hear from you it doesn't matter what level you're at no you do something really cool that most people don't do and i know to to all of us you and me toby and everyone listening We're almost a bit desensitized to motorsport. Yeah, Yeah, massive. And we forget actually how exciting it is to work in motorsport to someone on the outside, especially if they've been a fan and they haven't had the same kind of access that we've had. Mm. So just to go along and say, hey, I'm a racing driver, ask me whatever you want, or try and beat me on the sim, try and beat me in this car, come ride along next to me, that is massive to most people. Even if they're not into motorsport, I still think it's quite interesting to them to be like, wow, a racing driver. So I think that we all need to believe in ourselves a bit more. Like yeah. e- even if you're just starting out and you're in something that's, you know, a proper entry level series, or if it's, you know, corporate cars, whatever it might be, you are still a racing driver, 100%. Um, you know, and even with sim racing, you're still a racing driver. So you still have, you know, value and information to give to people who have never experienced this kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And just imagine like, um, you know, a sponsor, let's say a sponsor has got a huge sales force Um, it might be telephone sales or something like that. That there might be a kind of um, recruitment of quite new candidates for for jobs, and they might be quite nervous about making sales over the phone or um, going out to the real world and making sales. Because I remember when I was in sales, it was very daunting. I used to actually get quite nervous yeah. about it. Um, and as a racing driver, you essentially are a salesperson to some extent because you're selling your services to companies, which actually is more daunting because some of these companies are huge that you're talking to and it's you know it's mm. big budgets um versus someone that might be only be sending some home insurance or something like that for example um but but a talk that you get about how as a driver you overcome your challenges so um overcoming kind of the fear of losing on a racetrack or how you commit to a corner how you kind of how you've learned to become a racing driver and how you can overcome these goals that could be so so inspirational to someone sat in that room going oh my God, that's really clicked. And that is like, that's priceless. And and in actual fact, what does that cost? Very Very little, if anything, just by giving some time. So I know we look at these big, you know, extravagant things like trap days and stuff which i think are really really good they definitely hold their place but for some companies that but their budget might not allow for that activity so you've got to then think outside the box about what other things you can offer that will give kind of a similar result um and i actually think things like that are, are great you know um yeah. and i've only understood that more in the last like year as i've honed in of kind of what what i can give to people and what i can offer and you know, I've, I've always set out on this journey, especially after Jess has helped me out and uh, got me where I've got to, is that, you know, which is why I'm on this podcast with Jess. I always want to try and inspire people to, to do things and believe in themselves and achieve great things. And um, if you can do that for your sponsors guests and help them believe that they can achieve anything that they want. Imagine where that company could be in five years time, knowing that that person that's just starting out might have heard your conversation and gone, you know what, I'm going to give everything to this company. They could end up being you know, director or, you know, senior manager in the business and really drive that company on to, to huge success. And you may have influenced that person to, to think like that. And um, you, you can't put a price on that, Jess, can you? But it, it can happen, right?
0: Yeah. And I just want to go back to something you said about, you know, the things that I teach, obviously, it's, it might sound to most people like racing mentors teaching how to get sponsorship. And of course we are. But actually, what we're teaching is confidence we're giving you confidence to know that you can go and say hey pay me just to come be in a room with your employees and it's valuable and this is why and having the confidence to do that and the confidence to say everything that you will get in this sponsorship package is five hundred thousand pounds and you will get these benefits and there's this value shall we sign on the dotted line having the confidence to do that is probably 80 percent of the battle of sponsorship (laughs) so a lot of what I teach is to, to give you that confidence to do that. So whether that's, you know, through listening to this podcast, the book, Six Weeks of Success or this new 90 day kind of transformation course that we're working on as well. The, the end goal isn't necessarily to teach you how to get sponsorship, because that's actually quite simple. The, the end goal is to make you so confident in yourself and what you offer and how you speak to businesses that it's not a big deal so go and ask for for big numbers and to offer yourself as essentially a product
1: yeah I agree I completely agree and it does come with time doesn't it um Mm. I certainly had that I remember chatting to you on my first uh, sponsorship pitch I was absolutely (laughs) so nervous but I think when you get your small wins make sure you celebrate them because Mm -hmm. they grow into and blossom into really big things later on and um yeah, I can. I'm only living proof of it now, Jess. It is mad. Really. But so we've kind of just covered there, Jess. Just kind of like initial research and um and you know, you've you've made some really good sort of examples about kind of how to sort of find out from a business and understand it from your just going on Google and browsing around. Um, but what kind of questions would you ask sponsors just to really help you tap in? Because I find that you know certainly I've got some goals wrong before and. Asking questions have definitely helped me, but where would you kind of start to actually get, you know, really deep into actually what is that sponsor's goals?
0: So I, you know, once, once I'd established some kind of relationship with them and, you know, piqued their interest with, with some kind of pitch or idea, I, as long as I feel comfortable with that person asking quite, quite probing questions, I'd probably start with something like, you know, what, what I'd ask them straight out, like, what are your goals? What are you working towards at the moment? They'll be like, oh, actually, to keep it on the download, but we're about to launch a new product. Or they might say, oh, we're having a real bad time with employee or customer turnover or churn. So we're focusing on like how to, how to increase that retention. And then you can go, okay, well, here, have a track day, have a speaking gig, whatever it is. But if I understood that, let's say, let's go back to this sales team kind of idea. If I know that they have a sales team and I've had, some kind of indication that on their website they're doing like a box or they're doing rewards or something like that for their team or they're actively recruiting i would ask questions about that so i'd say you know how how is your sales team performing maybe ask about covid like how are sales teams doing working remotely you've got kind of like a good opening in there although don't overuse it we're all bored of covid (laughs) um (laughs) But you, could, you can ask these questions. So, oh, I saw you went uh, to the box. You know, how, how do you feel that affects performance? Or you can ask things like, how do you reward your employees for good sales weeks or sales months, however they might track it. And you can also ask questions specifically about the, the you know, the sales floor. What's the atmosphere like on your sales floor? How are you tracking what employees are doing? Do they have specific KPIs for like a day or a week or a month? you can kind of probe into it um obviously you need to know someone quite well to be able to do that so my advice for that because obviously this can this can seem quite tricky because once you're asking questions that deep it can kind of it's almost seems intrusive yeah. so I would start with the broad questions when you don't know them that well so how are your sales team getting on at the moment I know uh, a lot of people struggled but now you know things are starting to pick back up how's your team doing a broad question it's quite you know conversational but as you get to know them better and as they give you more and more information you can dig down into those things like you know what's the commission percentage do you reward your top salesperson with a holiday at the end of the year stuff like that so you can really start to dig into that from all of that information that you get from asking those questions you'll know so much about them that you can say well actually if you're if you're offering a holiday to that top salesperson how about to the third salesperson or the second salesperson you offer this and this that i can provide as a racing driver
1: good job yes really good job and and i just want to touch back on those points jess about the kind of more difficult questions that that really does does come down to sort of networking and kind of relationship building doesn't it which we've gone on previous episodes of the podcast but um yeah relationship building makes that much much easier and the better relationship you have prior to speaking to that sponsor um or over the time that you speak to that sponsor that certainly becomes easier um i typically find that my first meeting with with a new sponsor you you'll gauge really just how you're kind of the vibe you're getting from from that person of how far you can kind of go and that does take a bit of practice sometimes you may have gone a little bit too far and they might not want to share that information because who are you i've only just met you for the, the first hour but um but over time relationships build and um, you know, you can find out more information, and, and don't stop finding that information out as well. Once you've signed a sponsor, because their goals might change and things might alter within their business, that actually they, they've got a slight new direction. Um, and it's really really important to make sure you kind of um, continue that relationship, whether they are a new potential or current sponsor. I think sponsor goals are always really at the at the forefront of your mind all the time because you need to constantly be understanding what that business wants to achieve um, and, and the direction it's going.
0: And goals change as well. Like, you know, the, the, this last, like, you know, year and a bit, has been a a really good example of that, of how some businesses have had to pivot slightly. So you need to be totally tuned in to what they're doing, whether you're working with them or not, because when you come to have another conversation, you need to be, you need to be sure that what you're offering and what you're doing is still going to be helping them.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a, there was a sponsor. I, I signed in 2020, um, that had to pull away because of the pandemic and um they certainly won't be signing with me for you know for for this season and possibly next season um because their goal has completely changed um and but we've still got the relationship there which is great so at some point in the future um we'll, we definitely will be working together like we've got a really good relationship um but right now it doesn't work and and that's fine that's cool um and yeah like you say goals change really quickly sometimes unfortunately things happen and um but but don't don't think that if someone's goals do change and perhaps it doesn't quite align that you then don't just stop talking to that sponsor um because again it could swing back the other way that they rapidly change and something really goes oh we need to do this now and the first person they're going to be picking up the phone to is hey Tobes um that conversation we had a year ago. Um, things have changed again and we're actually a really good place and um, we want to get back onto that that journey um, now we've kind of recuperated and yeah let's 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 crack on so um, yeah kind of sponsor goals and relationship building is is massive massive and um, your list of network is, is hugely important on that basis Um, I don't know if that's off topic, but yeah.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. It's so super relevant because I think actually those two things, so understanding a sponsor's goals so you can provide value to them and relationship building are probably the two most important parts of any sponsorship search.
1: Yeah.
0: Because if you feel comfortable in your relationship with a sponsor that you can just pick up the phone going, hey, I want to pick your brain about something or, hey, I've got a question about how you do something or I have this new thing that's happening and I have access to this car or this track. Mm. I've got an idea for you. Or, you know, if you suddenly have this incredible out of the box idea and you just need to run it by them, knowing that you can pick up the phone because you've or, you know, send a message on social media, maybe because you've built that relationship and because they they trust you, they like you, etc. Your job is so much easier. And exactly as you say, Toby, later down the line, those people are going to be ringing you going, hey, I want to do this thing. And I know that you're the person that can help me.
1: Yeah, that's it. And and just to touch a little bit further on that is like let's say this particular sponsor you talked to that perhaps isn't becoming a, spon- a sponsor at the time because whatever it you know it doesn't work out um but you might sign a, a new sponsor in 3 4 months time um that they might need a service or a product or something um and actually that sponsor you spoke spoke to previously might be a really good connection for the for your current sponsor to actually get in touch with because it might really help their business um and that's a really valuable thing then because you can actually go back to that that previous conversation and say oh I've just actually signed a new sponsor um they need this doing they need this service or something um can I hook you guys up because I just think it's a you know and you're delivering value you know it's a really good thing to, to do isn't it and um mm. that kind of like hub I guess you know I think that's what I've kind of created it. Toby Trust Racing is I've created this nice little hub now of like companies that are now all talking to each other I've got sponsors that are all kind of talking to each other and they're all actually doing their own little things together which I'm I'm blown away by it's amazing to see
0: yeah it's such a good way of doing things is, is just creating this network of, of people that you know again, who, who like you and they see your value, even if you can't work with them at the time, because there are so many reasons that a company might not be able to sponsor you. But that the one reason that you need to make sure is not their reason is that they don't see your value. Mm-hmm. So if they see your value, but they don't have money, it's not the right time, whatever it might be, they're gonna come back to you when they know that they can work with you and they need that thing that you can offer.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So let, let's talk about how this informs like a final proposal. So you've done the research, you've spoken to the potential sponsor, you've asked a few more questions. For you, Toby, what is kind of the next step of turning that into something that you know it that there is a cost attached to it, there are clear benefits, something that they can say yes to? What's your process to get to that point?
1: um I guess I, I just literally list down, um, you know, kind of get a piece of paper, list down the goals. Um, and I've got a list of all the things that I can offer to a company that are, um, that are relevant to those goals and essentially just formulate, um, cause I understand what my costs are. Um, so obviously I have costs for all the things I can offer. Um, and then I have the sort of prices of what, you know, what I charge for those things so that I make a profit, which obviously goes into the race budget. Um, and, and that's kind of how things are formulated, I guess. But yeah, you know, I, I essentially list down them goals pen to paper and literally just go right okay well this particular activity could help achieve that goal and that goal Mm. and that goal and this one might only achieve one of their goals and this really really big thing literally could just swap the whole lot and just be utterly awesome and I just formulate kind of these these small sort of packages together you know I'm not one of these people that have like a bronze silver gold it's all very much tailored to a sponsor because because I don't think kind of you know shotgunning a a big effect of right these are things pick and choose um i'm actually showing the sponsors right this one actually would work with what you've told me here um if you want to achieve x y and z i think this particular one would work better um but the cost a little bit greater but actually your return could be a little bit higher um and then you've got like that knowledge to actually explain why you've created that proposal and you can you can back it up i think the whole bronze silver gold tiered type thing you know I have a tiered yeah yeah I mean I have a tiered system because I do have to offer different levels of of costs and and budget because
0: Mm.
1: you know that that is how how I kind of work but it's also a good sales tactic yeah for sure um but each tier still will be relevant to their goals you know tier tier one won't be a price that literally does nothing for them you know let's say a sponsor says that I've got I just want to network with companies. There's no point in me saying, well, let's advertise you on social media to all my fans, um, because it's not going to be relevant to to that sponsor. Um, So, yeah, you need to make those packages relevant. And I think kind of that bespoke approach, when you then go to the sponsor and you, you actually talk through those packages... They then they then believe that you understand what they want, um, and they go. Actually, this guy's made this this for for, for us. Like, actually, this is really relevant, and we we can choose now. And they might want to dip the turn of water with a smaller start. They might want to go. Do you know what? That's blown me away. Let's go with let's go all out. Let's go and do this. Um, but I think if you was to go there with that kind of, here's my packages I offer to everyone, um, you'll get one or two that will probably go ahead with something because they might go. Actually, that really works for us but it's not tailored enough you're not making it special enough you're not making that sponsor feel that they're special and every single one of your sponsors are special right they're really important because if they're not there they're not you know you're not able to race and fulfill your dream so i hope that answers your question jess but that's kind of my my kind of way
0: i i feel like those off the shelf packages don't really address a business's goals they're they're typically not that compelling to a business like Hmm why would I want what anyone can buy when you've phoned me talking about, you know, all of these great things that we could do together? Yeah. So it just kind of, I feel like it kind of falls a bit flat. And like you say, it's just not special enough. Especially if you're asking for a lot of money, someone's not just going to go out and spend five grand because someone said, hey, this is available on my shop. Like, which is essentially what this is. Someone Mm. is going to spend five grand plus if, you know, they've had someone asking them questions finding out about them and then presenting something that will truly help them
1: yeah exactly and i kind of put it like um let's put the analogy into like uh, what, what, i guess a suit or something like that for example you know we can all go into a, a high street shop and buy a relatively okay suit and it will look smart it will do the job and it all ticks some boxes um but if you really want something really special tailored um you want a particular pattern you want a color um, a certain fit, you know, buttonholes in the right place, and you go into a tailor and you get all measured. You've, you, you know, it's 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 a great experience, and you're like, you know, wow, this is this is something for me. This is, you mm-hmm. know, and the price difference between, you know, an average high street suit to maybe a tailored one that's that's like that is, is quite a big price difference. Yeah. Um, but if you're you, you feel special on the other side, right? I, I think that's the right analogy I'm trying to get to. But you don't want your sponsors to think that okay, it's just ah, oh, just what what one shall pick. You yeah. want your sponsors to think, actually, this this person really understands me and my business. And ultimately, if, if you can show that you, you, you've you already started that working relationship that you genuinely want to help that company out. And and I do. I love I love helping my sponsors out with their goals and I really enjoy it. And, and if you can do that and show that from your proposal and your pitch, then you've got a good you've got a good chance that you're going to you're going to get them on board and you've got a really good future ahead for, for the pair of you.
0: Yeah. I want to awkwardly add to your analogy. Yeah. So buying the high street suit is like offering the sticker on a car. Yeah. Like it'll look good, but it won't do much else.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So it serves that one basic purpose. You go to a tailor, um, you know, so a bespoke sponsorship package. If you go to a tailor, not only are you looking good, you're feeling more confident, you're attracting more people, you're more comfortable. You've got all of these added benefits of having a tailored suit. Yeah. And that's what people pay for. Plus, you know that that tailor cares about how well that suit fits. Yep. Whereas the high street people probably don't. They just want to sell you a suit.
1: Yeah and you're going to go back to the and and you get you're going to go back to the tailor if you've got an issue you're going to go back to the tailor if you yeah. want to adjust something um and that's a kind of constant working thing with a tailor yeah. <laughs> it's the same yeah, exactly. it's actually quite a good analogy just off it is, yeah i like it <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an instagram post for you there jess
0: yeah yeah easy um okay so let, let's talk about how you track these goals and look at the return on investment for um for a sponsor because you know earlier on you said it's it's kind of difficult to track employee loyalty but i actually don't think it is i just think you need to establish something early on with a sponsor before you sign yeah so i i my favorite question is is always asking what does success look like to you
1: yeah i love that question
0: yeah so you know if you're if you're going down the you know looking after a sales team or some kind of employee loyalty route asking what success looks like might be will have a lower turnover of employees. So to that question, to that answer, you can then then ask something like, "What is your current turnover of employees?" Oh, we have one leave every month. Might be higher yeah. with a sales team because sales teams typically have a lot of ter- a high turnover, but they also might have percentage figures. If they're a big enough company to have like a HR department, they will know this stuff. They will know the numbers. So you can get a, a benchmark of I don't know how it's measured, but 20% turnover of sales team employees. And you can say, okay, let's look at what you want that to get to. Do you want that to be 15%, 10%? What needs to happen to get it to 10%? What? And you can ask all of the questions to help you define how much you'll be able to contribute to reaching that goal. But once you've said, okay, I can help you get a 5% reduction in employee turnover by making sure they're looked after, um, they get these great experiences, et cetera you then actually have a goal a key performance indicator that you can help them you can help them achieve which will you know measure the success of of this sponsorship deal
1: yeah and and that's when you go back to Jess, that you always say this you know business minded drivers succeed um, because when you understand business like that um and that's a really really good way that i, I guess a lot of people would over, overlook is mm. that that information is actually really really easy to get from a company and then once you do the activities and you give it that kind of like that phased period afterwards you can then genuinely measure that success it's really easy isn't it
0: yeah so just some other examples as well of this um again always asking that question what does success look like because it might be that they want to increase revenue for a specific product or they want to increase average customer value specifically just get more sales by asking that they're literally telling you their goal and you can then ask how they measure that currently to get a benchmark so then when you send over your proposal or maybe a contract depending on where you're doing this in in the process you can you can say okay you currently have you know a a a revenue of x you want to increase it by y i will contribute to that in this way this is how we're going to measure it they're going to be so impressed
1: yeah yeah completely agree um, and another one I like, Jess, as well, is like with like press. Um, is if uh, you know the the sponsor actually wants to reach people with a genuine story, um, you, that's a really easy one to measure, isn't it? Because you can look at the reach audience of each press article that you put out, um, and you can actually put a value to that by basically looking at what it would cost to put an advert in that magazine or paper, etc. And you can start putting actual monetary value on it for sponsors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I hope, I hope this has helped everyone kind of start to think about sponsor goals. As always, you can find me on social media and you know hit me up and ask me a question if you need to, but I, I want you to all kind of go out there and, and look at those, those sponsors that you're thinking about working with or thinking about pitching to and go through and work out what their goals are. And I don't have a copy of Get Paid to Race to Hand. I don't know if you do Toby, but um, within the researching sponsors section, there is um a whole thing on finding goals but then also a, a table that you can use of working out what the goal is the feature you offer and the benefit to that business
1: yeah and and that comes back to what we spoke about isn't it? it's kind of then that helps you formulate your packages and your your actual what you what you deliver to a sponsor and um yeah i hope i hope that's I've covered a lot today jess i hope that's really inspiring I hope, yeah. and I hope you guys kind of take take note of this and uh it works <laughs> it, it genuinely works it's, it's literally how my entire sponsorship process works and um yeah I've got some amazing partners now and uh, yeah well thanks to you Jess and I'm now helping share that information which is pretty exciting
0: super exciting so um obviously it's the race season now and yeah. you and I are both very busy Toby so we have decided that we are going to move this podcast to once every two weeks just because I know that everyone is busy. It's not just us. So once every two weeks. So you can, you know, you've got time to listen to the podcast, digest it, you know, do the things, implement what you've learned. And then, you know, next podcast, two weeks after we will go back to once a week after the race season finishes. But for now, don't worry if, if you miss a week. We will be here. We're not going anywhere. We're here for you guys. So <laughs> as always, if you've got any questions or anything like that, um hit us up on social media or you can email Jess at racingmentor.com.
1: Perfect. Um yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. And um I guess we'll see you on the next podcast.
0: Yeah. Take care, everyone. Bye bye.